happy Monday. Thanks uh, to all of you for being with us. Write down our number. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this program. I'm beginning to sense a revitalization in the spirit of, of great American patriots all across this country. And what I'm sensing and what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing is good to hear. People have had it. They've just had it. They've had it with this power grab. They've had it with HR1, SR1. They've had it with, you know, packing the Supreme Court. They've had it with D.C., Puerto Rico statehood. They've had it with open borders. Uh, They've had it with amnesty. They've had it with, you know, all the states now feeling the impact of Joe's open borders and, and then facilitating law breaking and then transporting people to all states all across the country and saying, here, you take care of people that need food, water, shelter, education, health care. Don't worry. Take care of it. They're, t- they're tired of laws being ignored and, and people on the left just picking and, and choosing They're tired of this promise of everything is free, 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 free. They're they're tired of this new Green Deal insanity. They're they're tired of a uh, you've got this left wing mob squad out there. I mean, Ted Cruz has literally accused the squad of being press secretaries for Hamas, um, ignoring watching on the world stage hostile regimes led by hostile actors like Vladimir Putin and and the president for life in China, President Xi and mullahs in Iran and and Kim Jong-un and and an alliance with Russia, China and Iran and then people taking Hamas's side and 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 abandoning our our number one ally in the Middle East. You know, the, the people, everybody I'm talking, they've had it. They've had it with the, the crime out of control, the, the attacks and defunding and dismantling the police madness. They see inflation. They see the cost of everything going through the roof. And they also see the weak, frail, you know, cognitive mess that is Joe Biden. Uh, and, and they've had it. Now, if this plays out the way I suspect, then 2022, if now I'm not a Republican, I'm a registered conservative, if never underestimate some Republicans to be weak and dumb and stupid, um, never underestimate their ability to lose and do dumb things and and pander and be weak and, and not put forward an agenda that's that's viable, that would win. And and that the establishment thinks they're getting back in power. They think that, you know, the, the this Trump hiccup is is just that a hiccup, but not a, a real phenomenon. And they don't even realize that the rise of Donald Trump can in large part be attributed to them and their weakness and 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 the fact that they didn't have a spine and a, and a backbone and. And they didn't fight to to protect and to keep the promises that they made. The biggest example of that is all of the phony show repeal and replace votes on Obamacare, 65 of them. And then when they had a president that was ready to sign the bill, they didn't even have a plan. And we've been talking about plans for health care solutions, free market solutions forever on this program. Free market solutions, health care cooperatives, 
you know, poor Dr. Unger in, in Wichita, Kansas. We we probably have stolen hours of his time explaining these these co-ops or or help. I'm sorry. What's that? Oh, I'm Josh Umber. Sorry. I, I know he's our friend. I'm sorry, Josh. I love you. Um, in Wichita, Atlas MD. You know, we've given you so much information, healthcare savings accounts. You know, what year did Musgrave and Goodman come out with health savings accounts from the Cato Institute? And then when the moment came, we had seven Senate Republicans in 2015 voted for a straight repeal of Obamacare. Straight repeal. They're presented with the exact same bill in early 2017, seven Republicans now, when it meant something, when it was real and it wasn't a show vote, they changed their mind. If that weak Republican Party, that, that's the establishment wing of Republicanism. If you believe in America first and the Make America Great Again agenda and you're fed up already with, with all of this insanity, you know, it's not complicated you know, we see what the left is trying to do. Now, they they always make their divisive appeals. They divide this country, rich versus poor, old versus young, white versus black. You know, Republicans are racist, sexist, misogynist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, transphobic, want dirty air and water, want to kill grandma and grandpa. Okay, we, we got the message. Now that's pretty much played every day. You know, look at Delaware, most restrictive voting laws in the country. Joe Biden represents the state, never lifts a finger to change voting laws. Georgia, far more inclusive than Delaware ever even thought to be. And here, Jim Crow 2.0. If you vote for Trump, you ain't black. What? The guy that partnered with the Klansman, right? Okay. We're listening. People have had it. And they're sick, you know, the, the same government here that wants this new Green Deal radical socialism, this this effort led by the squad that wants, let's see, free child care, free pre-K education, free college education, student loan forgiveness, guaranteed wage, guaranteed government job, guaranteed government health care, guaranteed government healthy food, guaranteed government retirement. These are the same people that promised keep your doctor plan and save money. How did that work out? The same people that can't keep their cities or their states safe and secure and establish law and order. The same states that have atrocious failing track records on education because of their unholy alliance with teachers unions and the corrupt money that is funneled to keep them in power. The same people that bankrupted Social Security and Medicare. Now they're going to come in and, what, offer you all that stuff for free? And we're going to take it from those people, the rich people. Okay, what are the rich people going to do? They're not going to invest their money. You put burdensome bureaucracy, new Green Deal. Every Everything is now costing more. I mean, it may not seem like a big deal to some people. Inflation. The, the largest it's been in 12 years. That's only the beginning. And that what does inflation mean to you? It means everything you pay for costs more. You know, with the high, higher cost of, of energy, oil, gas, diesel, what does that mean to you? It means you pay more when you fill up your car. It means you pay more to heat and cool your home. 
Inflation is soaring. Biden administration comes up with a plan. You know, they, they, what do they want to do? They want to raise corporate taxes. These corporations aren't paying their fair share. I keeps telling everybody corporations don't pay these new taxes. They will pass them on to you. We, the American people. That's it. Why is the administration fixated on this global minimum tax rate? Um, we got inflation soaring, price of energy soaring because of this idiocy of Green New Deal-ism. You got these economic morons now actually urging every other world government to have a minimum global tax rate of 15% because they know, like, you know, New York, New Jersey, Illinois, California, you know, they're all losing population. Why? Because of burdensome taxation and regulation. You know, okay, at 15% to the 4 plus percent, uh, 4.2% inflation rate, add to the higher cost of fuel, you can see where we're headed here. Now they're proposing a global minimum tax of at least 15% to level the playing field and stop what uh, Secret- uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen called the race to the bottom. So they want basically all the socialist, utopia, Green New Deal nations around the world to unite and have this minimum tax rate of 15% so that corporations can't leave the United States, go offshore because it's more profitable for them to do so. What they're not realizing is, well, why are we chasing people away in the first place? That's the put them. That's what Donald Trump was able to untangle in in his time as president. Fifteen percent, just a starting point. The Treasury Department says they're going to push for the rate to be higher and higher. Well, there's going to be countries that tell you to go pound sand, and that's going to be where countries go to. Then the next step will be then they'll tax those countries. They'll put tariffs on them, and then all the countries that want to accumulate all the power, they're all going to unite together. Okay, great. Food prices are exploding because of the high cost of energy. About two-thirds U.S. shoppers now are noticing the prices of red meat and chicken are soaring since the start of the year. And if you like meat like I do, well, you've been hit the hardest rising food costs out of the 2,000 grocery uh, shoppers surveyed. And conducted by Morning Consult, a poll found that 65% said red meat is more expensive now. 60% saying chicken is more expensive now. But everything you buy in every store is costing more now. The price of lumber is soaring because of of shortages. Then you add the, the work shortage, which is pretty much all across the country. And that's because of the extended benefits, unemployment, et cetera, et cetera. That some Democrats are even proposing we keep in, in perpetuity. I mean, are you kidding me? None of this is any good. What kind of weekend was it in Chicago and in New York and in St. Louis? 29 people shot in New York City over the weekend. 20, and not to be outdone. In Chicago, 47 shot, 9 shot, and killed. Pretty bloody weekend in Chicago. How's that defunding and dismantling the police policies working? How is demonizing the police working out? 
You should see these videos now that are existing. God, they're not going to do anything. There's a guy in a car. Uh, we played it the other day on Friday. Guy gets out of his car, gets hit, and says, the police are there. There's a huge crowd building. They're not going to do anything to us. They're not afraid. Well, why? Because they can, they can, if they want, they could just, you know, damage and vandalize the cop car. And then after that, they could just douse the, the cops with liquids. Does a cop know if it's acid that's mixed in with the water that they're pouring on his head? No, I doubt he has any idea. Now Chicago's releasing accused killers with ankle monitors. And I thought New York's no bail laws were dumb. This is even dumber. You got 100 accused killers in Cook County, Illinois, out on the streets instead of jail awaiting their trials for murder in the middle of a surge of violent crime. 94 defendants, all charged with taking a person's life or out of confinement. <laughs> okay. Why would, we, why would we hold people responsible? You think this is going to end well? No. But it could end with a conservative agenda, which we'll get to. All right, as we roll along, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Now we're letting uh, accused killers, murderers out. <laughs> no bail. Unbelievable. Now, the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, said he's going to sign a bill to prohibit cities from defunding their police departments. So how is this all in the end going to play out? How is this how is this all going to end? Now, they've so overreached. This is such an unprecedented power grab. The agenda is so extreme and so radical. It is so unsustainable. People can see, you know, quality. Just notice, how is defunding the police working out? How do you think it's going to work out? Everything's going to be free. How do you think the corporate tax increases are going to work out? How do you think energy prices are going to work out? How do you think 2 million illegal immigrants coming into this country that we're all going to have to pay every cost associated with? How is that going to work out? What is the net result going to be? It's going to be an opportunity for the Republican Party, but they better get their shift together. The party of liberty, freedom, of, of capitalism in our Constitution. Low taxes, less burdensome bureaucracy. Law and order keep every American safe and secure. Free market solutions to health care, choice in schools. Constitutionalists on the bench. Secure borders, energy independence, free and fair trade. And also, I would argue... Uh, the biggest, baddest, toughest military on the face of the earth to protect and, and preserve liberty and freedom for future generations. That's it. And you support your Constitution, the First and Second Amendment. Oh, one other thing. Integrity and confidence in election results. That would be voter ID, signature verification, chain of custody controls, clean the voter rolls and partisan observers observe every vote count both parties who could ever be against that unless of course you wanted to cheat we'll continue all right 25 to the top of the hour 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program i mean this is going to be the year 2022 that we can write the ship it's all got to start with you know we we've got you got to have integrity in our elections you got to start there and that includes the things that I've I've listed. Voter ID. You need you need picture ID for everything. Why did Democrats not want picture ID? 
What possible reason other than something nefarious could they not want a picture ID? What, you know, what, what's, why not signature verification? Why not make sure you protect the chain of custody as ballots arrive, both parties ensuring that the integrity of, of the chain of custody? Cleaning the voter rolls every year to make sure everybody on the voter rolls should be on the voter rolls and, and make sure that they're updated on a regular basis so there's integrity. Partisan observers, that's the statutory language in most states. Not that complicated, not radical. If that's radical, then I guess we'll get rid of voter ID to get into the White House or picture ID or picture ID to get into the Capitol or picture ID to buy a pack of cigarettes or a six pack or a jewel pod or picture. You need picture ID for everything. It's hardly anything I can think of that you, you don't need picture ID for. And being make, ensuring such. So that's got to happen sooner than later. And hopefully most states will, will, will make the move to do so, and many are. I mean, I'm looking at what's going on just on law and order, and cops no longer want to do their job. And I have to be very honest with you, I don't blame them. Because they're not going to get backed up if something happens. You know, look, look at this case. I mean, a terrible situation. Young woman has a, a, a knife loaded to be thrust into an, another girl's chest or neck. And the cop has made a fraction of a second to decide. And look at LeBron James's, for example, reaction to that case. A life was saved because of the professionalism of that officer. Look at the videotapes of cops, you know, being taunted and pelted with bricks, rocks, bottles, Molotov cocktails, and worse. Look at the, the 120-plus police officers already this year killed in the line of duty. And I'm pretty sure and pretty certain most of you can't men name even one of those police officers. Look at the innocent people that are shot and killed every weekend in cities like Chicago and in New York. New York this past weekend, 29 people shot over the weekend in New York, struck by gunfire. Some died in the hours, you know, after Saturday, I mean, this this is an average weekend and now in New York City, how's that defunding, dismantling the police? How are those efforts working, working out? Chicago this weekend, 47 shot, nine killed. Can you name one person? Did you hear the name? I've now I've read the names. I can I can scroll the names. I've done it many, many times. That's why Texas Governor Abbott is saying that he will prevent cities in his state from defunding the police. I don't think that's working out. There's no bail insanity in New York. You get arrested. No bail needs to be posted. You're instantly released to go commit more crimes. That bank robbers, you know, caught. They, they, they get caught robbing a bank. They get released. No bail. They got caught robbing another bank. I think one guy did it five or six times at one point. Why should he stop? There's no reason to stop. 
Why do we allow it? Why aren't we protecting innocent people? You had a brave good Samaritan throwing himself at a, at a guy wielding a knife to save a woman that was being stabbed in a, in a New York City subway attack. And then blast Bill Comrade de Blasio over soaring crime. When you survey most people, they want police and want policing. Most people know that what happened in the George Floyd case is not the norm. It's the the 1%, not the 99%. Many of the cities where this defunding insanity is going on, many of... Those cities have majority, minority uh, police departments. Rise, you know, I'm looking at St. Louis, for example. Take a look at this. You know, how much innocent blood at some point are, are people willing to accept and pretend that America's cops are what's wrong with America's cities? Because that's not the case. We do have bad apples. They need to, they, they ought not be policemen, but we can figure out who they are. I'm all for more training. I've mentioned the, the burner technology. It's a gun that you use that, that shoots tear gas and, and two separate pepper sprays. It seems very effective. I own them. I bought them. I just, I just purchased uh, five more. I give them away to friends. That's what I do. Haven't even taken them out of the box yet. I just bought five more. Oh, Hannity, you're pushing it because you own the company. I don't own the company. I don't have any money invested in the company. Nice try. I know people always think, I just found it and liked it. And and they keep improving. It gets better and better. Unbelievable. But at least it gives cops another option. The other thing is, is I can fire this sucker from 40 feet away and hit my target. You can even get it with a laser if you want a laser. I mean, because I can't shoot firearms like I used to because of, you know, I have pretty severe hearing loss from all these years in radio and TV. And these headphones are so loud. If you ever heard what they're really like, Linda, how loud are my headphones? They're unbearable. <laughs> what do you mean they're unbearable? It sounds fine to I me. I hate testing your headphones. It's horrible. You can't. You you can't actually put them well, on. Well, I have. I've literally put them on my head. And, then and it I blows hold, your eardrums out. No, I hold them away from my head. And then people like, you know, five houses down or four doors in the hotel. Where All right. We're now we're exaggerating. From. I did have my hearing no, tested recently. I'm not exaggerating. Recently. It's terrible. It's pretty bad. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, sweet baby. He'll confirm. The sweet baby, he's shaking his head. I'm looking at him right now. He's like, yep. I usually make him do it. I'm like, go ahead, do it. He's like, oh, don't make me. Well, the worst part is, is like when we go on the road, a lot of, you know, affiliate stations, for example, are very generous, let us come and visit, and we use their studios. But they, we, we've got to bring our own amplifier usually because otherwise I can't hear it. I know, it's, it's bad. It's a lot. It's, what's up? It's a lot. Listen, Ascot Shannon... Don Imus before he passed away, Bob Grant. Uh, Anyone who's done broadcasting heads. for over 10 years experiences what you experience. Is that Especially, true? Do you know that? Oh, well, Perfect. I mean, I worked with a lot of guys who did, who do sports, sporting events, and in NBA games, uh, I know one in particular, he would always tell the engineer on site, I want to hear the sound of the basketball going through the hoop. So you can imagine how loud that is. 
And it wow. has to be that way because he's got 20,000 screaming fans around him, so that's the only way he can hear. Yeah, look, it's just it goes with the territory. Everything has its ups or downs. I guess if I was woke, I'd probably sue. Any company that allowed me to work with loud headphones, blame them. Well, I've kind of been warned about it, but anyway, it is. Support for Black Lives Matter is now plummeting uh, since its peak last year, following uh, the George Floyd murder. Uh, and it's, you know, everybody forgets the group Black Lives Matter. It's different from people that were chanting that Black Lives Matter, but the group radical as it is pigs in a blanket fry them like bacon and what do we want dead cops when do we want them now and you know we also see an agenda there if if and this is the irony of everybody that buys into the big lie of socialism that the government is going to provide all of this to you well they can't even keep you safe and secure in your town and city they they provide the the most atrocious education with the biggest most colossal waste of money you know we spend more per capita than any other country in the industrialized world with the worst results and then we find out that teachers unions are dictating to the cdc in the middle of a pandemic what they want as policy if you want to talk about vaccine hesitancy well when you politicize the CDC, no wonder they got everything wrong. The Chicago police union has approved a no confidence vote against the mayor and police chief. You, you think one thing we're paying a lot of attention to is a dramatic rise in anti-Semitism. It's not just in the U.S., but it's around the world. And, and Ted Cruz had really strong statements for the squad. He said that. And we've been chronicling the statements of squad members and what they've said and siding with Hamas, a terrorist organization with a charter that calls for the destruction of, of Israel. And he basically called them press secretaries for Hamas. Uh, Congresswoman Omar accused Israel of carrying out acts of terrorism. It's a, it's a lie. He's right. It is a vicious lie. And the squad, he says, is acting more like press secretaries for Hamas terrorists than they are for the U.S., he said this on uh, Judge Janine's program. And you have all the squad. The squad runs the Democratic Party today. They're in charge. There's a story on the blaze that is beyond disturbing, out, downright scary. Florida police investigating a hate-fueled incident, group of young men terrorizing a Jewish family. who were visiting from Teaneck, New Jersey. The men shouted anti-Semitic threats at the family. And... Um, you know, including a man with a gun chasing off anti-Semitic group terrorizing this family, Die Jew. That was quoted in the in the Blaze article. It's an interesting article about what what is behind all this hatred towards Asian Americans. What is and and this 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 now rise in radical anti-Semitism worldwide? It's real. I don't know, well, a boy, six-year-old, six years old, shot dead in California on the way to school. What was it? Road rage. Good grief. I say it very simply. What are you going to do if, God forbid, somebody wants to hurt you and your family? How do you, what, what, what is your plan? 
Do you even think about what your plan is? It's not. I I know what my plan is. Sorry, I'm not going to telegraph what my plan. But I'm I'm prepared. I hope it never happens to anybody. But there are there are evil people in this world that have evil intentions. You see evil governments. You also see evil human beings. That's part of the human experience. Okay, we're all created by the same God. The 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 distinction, the difference in human beings and the human soul is a proclivity towards good and evil and which you know whether whether you make a choice you make choices in life by the way gop senators have launched a probe into the biden administration's covid collusion with the teachers unions that that's actually a good idea fauci now says he's not convinced covid-19 developed naturally are you still confident that it developed naturally No, actually, no, I'm not convinced uh, about that. I think that we should continue to investigate what went on in China until we find out to the best of our ability exactly what happened. Certainly, the people who've investigated say it likely was the emergence from an animal reservoir that then infected individuals, but it could have been something else. And we need to find that out. So, you know, that's the reason why I said I'm perfectly in favor of any investigation that looks into the origin of the virus. Well, does that mean Dr. Fauci has now become a conspiracy theorist? Remember we were talking about what they call these wet markets in China, then the Wuhan, you know, virus center of a center for virology that they have out there. And, and anybody that talked about it was usually attacked or if you called it the China virus or the Wuhan virus, that's racist. I don't know. I We grew up saying German measles. Is that now politically incorrect, too? Maybe we should have a, you know, some type of, of book that we all can carry with us at any given moment. Um, but the reality is, is all the evidence you need is they shut down travel from Wuhan to the rest of China. They had their own travel ban that was hysterical xenophobia. And then from the rest of China into Wuhan. But you could travel from Wuhan to the rest of the world. Now they're talking about people at that very uh, Wuhan virology uh, center that they were sick in November. We didn't hear about this till December. Unbelievable. Look at, look at what it did to the world. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program, so... Uh, James O'Keefe is going to join us in a minute. Founder, CEO, Project Veritas. He's got breaking news. Now, we're not going to get all of it, but it has to do with Facebook. And it will drop uh, likely on my show at 9 p.m. Eastern on the Fox News Channel. And uh, anyway, we do have a little bit of a tease of what it is. So I'm going to try and pry some information out 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 of James in a second. But anyway, here's uh, what they're saying. They now apparently have uh, spoken to and, and had undercover Facebook insiders discussing their vaccine hesitancy algorithm. And I'll explain what that means in a minute. Facebook uses classifiers in their algorithms to determine certain content to be what they call vaccine hesitant. What they call vaccine hesitancy. And without the user's knowledge, they assign a score to these comments. It's called a VH score vaccine hesitancy score. And then based on that score, 
will demote or leave a comment alone, depending on the content within the comment. You seem to think that they've already rolled this out. Why do we believe they've already rolled this out? Policy 19 vaccine, global, currently global, 66 languages. And the very first thing that, uh, that, that, that brought me to the conclusion that they're the one to do this globally is they were developing it in, like, you know, as many languages as they could get their hands on. And the narrative being, get the vaccine, the vaccine is good for you, everyone should get it, and if you don't, you will be singled out. Right. As an enemy of society, they want to build a community where everybody complies, not where people can have open discourse and dialogue about the most personal and private and intimate decisions that anybody could ever face in their life. The policy is going to keep expanding until anything can violate it. So now we're talking about something as significant and as serious as a vaccine, and it sounds like, to me... That if you have a different point of view, you don't get the use of the platform as massive as Facebook unless you're saying what they deem that should be said and and nothing contrary to that. Just like canceling all things Donald Trump or all things conservative. How many more people are going to get banned by at Jack at Twitter? How many more people are going to get kicked off Facebook? How many more people will be censored? How much you want to talk about an in-kind donation of of monies to one political cause, party, agenda, that that would be the Democratic Party. Democratic New Green Deal Socialism. Anything conservative gets, you know, trashed uh, or banned or censored. James O'Keefe is with us, founder, CEO of Project Veritas. You know, don't take this the wrong way. I've known you for over 10 years and I'm a big supporter of, of the work that you do. Um, and you've taken a lot of heat and you're very courageous, but you're totally, a, a, you know, a pain in my you-know-what today by not giving me the story now when I want to hear it now. <laughs> well, Sean, thank you for, for having having me on again and highlighting this. We're, we're releasing it tonight. We're, we're still putting the finishing touches. There's two whistleblowers inside Facebook that are set to go public inside Facebook and have given us secret documents. These documents, uh, it really takes censorship of a different caliber. It's huge. We have evidence that this new policy has already been rolled out to, to almost 3 billion people that combine Facebook and Instagram. And, and these, are, these are secret documents that Facebook does not want you to see, Sean. In fact, I, this is like the third or fourth Facebook bombshell that we've done over the last years. And Facebook has already given us a comment. I reached out to them for comment over the weekend. They did so. They're changing their policy as a result of what we are about to expose. You may be wondering what's in the stuff. Well, I've come on your program right now just to tease what we're doing tonight. And in these documents, they admit to censoring information that is, quote, actually true, actually true events or facts, unquote, in order to protect a narrative. So these are explosive documents. They relate to COVID. They relate to the vaccine stuff. But it's unbelievable. They have ranking systems. They have tiers. And, and they're so ashamed of what they're doing that they won't announce this publicly. So we're going to announce it publicly, and there's two individuals inside Facebook that are going to be talking, and you'll hear more about that tonight. Now, are those people still working there? I mean, obviously, you disguise the person's voice. I assume you're protecting the identity of these people. Uh, but I've got to imagine that there's probably going to be an attempt uh, to to find out who the whistleblowers are, and I would assume that probably be retribution. Am I wrong to assume that? They're going to try. I mean, they're going to try to talk about, um, they're going to try to find out the identity of these people. We're, we're going to protect their identity. There's multiple people, and, um, and, and they may very well go, go completely public in the coming days ahead. 
but they have given us documents that are marked confidential, internalized only. And Facebook has responded to us saying they're going to change their policies as a result of what they're about to expose. Now, today, I just came, I was with uh, Governor DeSantis at a press conference in Miami, where I am, and he signed a, a law, a Florida law against tech censorship that was signed today in the state of Florida that will allow people to sue uh, these companies for, for their censorship and bias that will find these companies. So I think we're getting to a turning point. I think Facebook is scared of what we have coming out, Sean. I, I wish I could tell, say more, but uh, just wanted to announce to your audience that this will be launched tonight and, and on your TV show and the video, and you could see the documents. It clearly shows a bizarre Orwellian ranking system. Even if what you're saying is true, factually true, and accurate, they'll censor you. So hopefully this provides ammunition to lawmakers who want to do further reforms. Well, I mean, it's very, very interesting, and I, I think Josh Hawley's right about this. This is now time. I, I don't know if the answer is to break up the monopoly. I don't know if the answer is for conservatives to get their own platform and compete. Uh, I think once conservative platforms, I believe if they became successful, which they probably would, um, at that point, then they would try to limit the influence, but not prior to that, because right now, big tech is is securely in the the radical new green deal socialist uh uh you know basically in their pocket and it's an information crisis that we've never had before we saw it happen in the lead up to the 2020 election we see it happening even still today i've got to imagine that you know i, I listen there there are friends of mine james o'keefe i am not anti-vaccine i'm pro-vaccine but i'm also not a doctor but I'm taking I'm telling people to follow. I'm saying, be, be careful. Take this. Take this all seriously. You don't want to get sick and die. You don't want to have be have a ventilator put in and you don't want to infect other people, especially older people, people with pre-existing conditions, comorbidities, weakened immune systems or compromised immune systems. Uh, you got to be careful always around grandma, grandpa, mom and dad, older people that are more susceptible to getting you know, the worst cases of COVID. And then I don't know anything about people's medical conditions, so they've got to do their own research. I strongly urge people to study everything about the, the Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson vaccines, um, and then talk to their doctor or doctors, and then talk to the medical professionals they know and trust. But if you're going to be a content provider and you're going to decide what the content is, well, now we get back into the whole debate over Section 230, uh, which is the liability protection that content providers are afforded when they're not. For example, it, it, newspapers and news organizations, they're not afforded the same liability protection as these big tech companies. They're protected because they're just supposed to allow people to put whatever content point of view, et cetera, et cetera, with with basic standards they don't get to decide what people get to read or not read, especially in something as important as a as vaccine. And uh, to me, it's it's just they, they've been now proven as having been pushing a political agenda. That liability protection should go away. And the next thing that should happen is. Well, well, yeah. 
Well, Sean, let me just be clear that, that, that this is, uh, in terms of the vaccine issue, that the, the story that we're doing here is it transcends the whole anti-vax or pro-vaccine issue. The censorship examples in these documents, which you will see later today, curbing users' speech it will shock people. It is so damning uh, because of, of the nature of things that are even true that Facebook says, well, even we know that this is true, but we're still going to censor it. And, and uh, it's, you know, I was with the Florida governor, and he signed a bill today, and he talked about this, and we're not clear about some of these other things, some of the impacts these things have had in the beginning of COVID. Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, has changed his stance on, on medical issues a number of times. So even Mark Zuckerberg's own words would be prohibited on Facebook. So this is a slippery slope, for sure, but the, but the documents and what they're saying in these documents are so damning. Sean, that Facebook's uh, Andy Stone is the uh, spokesperson for Facebook, actually replied to my email today and gave me a statement. They actually treated me like a journalist. They issued a statement to Project Veritas because they were so afraid. Of Can you give us a heads up? What, what, is the state, what is the statement? What does it say? Um, the statement says that they're going to change their policy as a result of what we've uh, exposed, and they're going to make more public what it is that they're doing. Sean, and we'll have that statement out later later this evening. My position as it pertains to Section 230 is I just want the companies to be honest about what it is that they're doing. Even if they're doing something wrong, be honest about it. Say, here's our position. You know, and, 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 and I think that that's the discrepancy between what they do in public and private needs to be narrowed. It needs to be, uh, they need to be transparent. That's the solution. Before we even get to know, Well, it's the same thing with, uh, with what I deal with, too. When people ask me what I do for a living, most people don't really get it right. Hannity claims to be a journalist. No, I'm not. I don't claim to be a journalist. I don't. I am a talk show host. I'm a member of the press. And my job as a talk show host is like the equivalent of the entire newspaper. Um, we, I could produce hours, thousands of hours of straight news coverage, no opinion whatsoever of the news of the day. I could produce thousands of hours of investigative reporting, Barack Obama's radicalism, uh, the deep state, uh, FISA warrants, premeditated fraud, FISA court stuff that nobody else does. Um, I am honest that I am a conservative I'm honest in my political views. I don't hide where I stand. I'm not shy about sharing those either. And then we talk about sports and culture and and woke America, et cetera, cancel culture. We, we're the whole newspaper. You know, like all these people that, that do opinion shows just lie about what they do. And no, no, I'm a journalist. Okay, if, you, if you're just a journalist, then you're not allowed to give opinion. Why are you giving opinion? Be honest about who you are. And it's not like the audience doesn't get it anyway, but they, they just hold firm to a lie. Well, it's the, it's the discrepancy between what they do in public and private. And I think they fear being exposed. I think, um, I think why stamp out entire sides of conversations? What are they afraid of? Um, so I've said this to you for years. It's all coming true. We have two brave souls uh, who are very articulate a lot of documentation. They have a tier ranking system. It, it, it is something like out of 1984, the, the, the fictional 1984, um, that you will see tonight. And um, with this revolution of, I guess you could call it insiders and whistleblowers, brave people, we, that's it. We have to expose 
on the inside of these companies, and, and I think that it will shock people, Sean. People say it won't shock people. People can't be shocked. I disagree. I think people are very passionate about this issue. Yes, people disagree on the vaccine thing, but the, the public town square, these companies have more power than the Supreme Court of the United States at this point in time. And we have to retake the town square, and we're going to use these heroes, these whistleblowers, these insiders. Uh, I hope that they actually go on the record, out of the shadows. But in the meantime, they got smoking gun evidence. You'll see it tonight. I just want to thank you, Sean, for being the tip of the spear and getting this out to so many people because it really, it really matters. All right. That report tonight exclusively, Hannity, 9 Eastern, with James O'Keefe on, on the Fox News Channel. We'll see you then, sir. Thank you. Thank you. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. You know, how long have we known James O'Keefe, Linda? Almost 15 years. Okay, he's never done this before, where it's like, we have the biggest story, but I can't give it to you. <laughs> Until well, I'll be night. honest with you. I went back and forth with him. He has been kind enough to give me embargo copies, and I will tell you it is shocking. Well, you told me that, which is now, um, and I'm listening to him. He's, he's, he gave us more than he wanted to, which he was did. my goal. And, and well, that's but, but because he's so grateful to, totally to you, Sean. open him up. What's that? He's very grateful to you, Sean, because a lot of people are afraid. They're really afraid. I'm not. A, uh, you know why they're afraid? Because, and this is the strange thing, because he 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 gets attacked constantly. He's constantly. never lost a lawsuit. Now he's suing all these people, which cracks me up, like the New York Times and who else? These fake news, CNN. He's suing them all. He has a good chance of winning some of them, in my opinion. The, the fact well, that, to be fair, to be fair, he's countersuing because what happens is they think they're going to use their standard Big Brother tactics and scare him, and he says, "Oh, you're going to sue me for telling the truth? No problem." I'll sue you right back. No, and then they get caught with their pants down. The New York Supreme Court ruling that they move forward to the discovery phase. It's only the sixth time that that has happened in light of of Times versus Sullivan. Same thing with Governor Sarah Palin. You're exactly right. um, And this is listen, this is classic 60 minutes. This was old school. Mike Wallace, Morley Safer, Harry Reasoner. Probably half this audience has no idea who I'm talking about. That's not good. All right, 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. Quick break, right back. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of this program, so much going on today, so much happening. It's like every single day. There's no such thing anymore as a slow news day. It just isn't. I mean, everything's so busy. Things couldn't get any worse. I, I hate bringing bad news to the program. You know, this let's push a global minimum tax of 15 percent. Oh, so corporations, what, they won't leave that you're trapped worldwide with with high corporate taxes. They're not going to get every country to go along with this. And the next thing out of that will be, well, if you don't buy into the corporate global minimum tax rate of 15 percent, then what we'll do is we'll make it impossible for you to do business with the countries that do align and uh, and abide by this unholy agreement. All of this is to, you know, it's all based on the principles of radical socialism, which is let's protect it. Let, let, let's take away any opportunity for real liberty and freedom to exist anywhere in the world. Food prices exploding as Biden's inflation puts the squeeze on middle and lower income Americans. Oh, I, th- I thought Joe said that they're not going to pay taxes. I'm pretty sure that's what Joe said, right? Everybody remember Joe saying that? Yeah. 
Uh, Jeff Landry, American Life and American Energy are inextricable. inextricable. Biden is seeking to destroy both. I'm telling you, mark my words, you're going to watch with the price of energy soaring. Everything costs more with corporate taxes going up. That cost will be put onto us, the consumers. They lie when they say that that's not the case. They're just lying. It's not true. It's not helping anybody except them because that, that creates dependency. Dependency creates a voter base and every and yet they never can fulfill their responsibilities now like Social Security and Medicare, you know, law and order, educating our kids, Obamacare. How did all those promises work out? Not too good. All right, 800-941-SEAN if you want to join us. Uh, Let's say hi to Mike. He's in the great state of Texas where we should be. How are you, Mike? Glad you called, sir. Pretty good. How are you doing today, Sean? I'm good, my friend. Glad you called. Well, here's... And this is close to my heart because I always think about it. You know, we didn't get here overnight. And, you know, the globalists fund everything. The the propaganda media takes everything and twists it or, like you say, cancels it. How do we reverse this? Because in almost, uh, you know, our judiciary and our legislative has somewhat played into this i don't know by accident or by design but it seems like there should be a way that we can for lack of a better way to explain it reverse engineer this and go backwards and undo this look at the end of the day everybody makes choices um i could tell you as somebody that is dependent on an audience to do this radio show and an audience to do a tv show it's dependent on, on putting on a show that enough people want to watch. When these companies insult our intelligence, mock and, and ridicule our values, like, like, for example, I mean, do you ever, ever watch any late night show anymore? I mean, Greg Gutfeld is beating the networks for crying out loud in late night comedy. And why are so many people tuned out to The Tonight Show? and the late show and the this show because they're not funny anymore and they've decided to turn these political shows into you know a socialist happy indoctrination show and they've lost any sense of being funny and then they're so politically correct that that takes all funny away if there ever was even funny you know the day i I mean i used to love late night right i johnny carson uh, I like Me Letterman too. back in the earlier days, and, and Jay Leno. Leno. Leno was funny. I don't think Leno, Leno has a political bone in his body. He made fun of everybody. Johnny Carson, same thing. Johnny Carson uh-huh. would put conservatives on. You know, so basically the answer is you are going to make decisions every day about what you watch, what you consume, what you don't watch, what you don't consume, and, you know, these woke corporations that... You know, I, I still cannot get over that Coke, Delta, American Airlines, all these corporations bought into Joe Biden's lie about Georgia's Georgia's new voting law. And a lot of people, well, I think, are really pissed off. Yeah. Now, I don't believe in boycotts, so I'm not going to call for a boycott. But I do make decisions every day and I'll make them accordingly. Myself included. And that's what I do. I don't uh, 
Uh, and I guess the point that bothers me, when you do get the truth and it comes through, um, and, and I know, you know, uh, almost having to bring new new blood into the system because, you know, CNN and MSNBC and all, they are so to the left that you get absolutely no, um, <laughs> you don't get anything that's true. You get you get a lot of uh, either, like I say, they they say you're crazy or you're, you don't have the facts. So then, how do we? And, and you got it because I think there are a lot of people that are just about fed up with all the the shenanigans. Well, you you, you can see it now when when the, there is a politically advantageous time for Democrats or or the haters of of Donald Trump, for example. Yeah, okay, so they all had a spike in the ratings. All those spikes are gone, and Fox News is back to number one. You know, oh, my gosh, Fox is down. No, I've seen this play out so many times over the years. There is, you know, after elections, people are tired. If you lose, you're you're kind of pissed off. You don't want to talk about it, think about it for a while. But now people are reengaging, thankfully, again, because this is an all-hands-on-deck moment. 2021 has to be about election reform before 2022, because we don't get the reforms in. Good point. Exactly. So, but Otherwise. to make all this happen, you you know, we need an, we need an active, we need Americans enough of us that care about integrity, fairness, um, checks and balances, things that really even shouldn't be deemed controversial. The only thing controversial about the Democrats is they don't want any voter ID, any signature verification. They want all mail-in balloting. And and that system just lends itself, even the New York Times acknowledged and the and the Baker Commission after 2000 just lends itself to corruption, fraud and and integrity issues and no confidence in results. We can get it right because there are a lot of states that do get it right. You make your choices, Mike. Everyone's got to decide. I got to roll. Thank you, my friend. God bless you. George, North Carolina. What's up, George? How are you, sir? Oh, let me let me tell you, Sean. First of all, thank you for for uh, hearing me out. Um, yes, sir. I, you know, what really sticks in my crawl these days, the Democrats do not want to listen to anything that's contrary to what is in their brain. Kamala Harris is one of the most arrogant politicians I've ever seen. If a border wall, you know, she wouldn't know a border wall if she saw one unless it fell on her. Um I, I get more disgusted every day. I'm, I don't care who I make mad anymore because things have just gone to hell in a handbasket. Uh, my wife won't even listen to the news because she gets so angry. At least I can, uh, you know, I can temper mine. Um, and, and, oh, God. See, what I, you're I describing here is what is going to crescendo, I believe, if I'm right. And I'm usually, my predictions, I have a pretty good track record. You, it, yes, your, you your your what you're expressing here will crescendo into a Republican House of Representatives in 2022. It will I, crescendo you know, uh, into hopefully Republicans taking control of the U.S. Senate. It will crescendo a into a backlash against cancel culture, wokeness, big tech corrupt the, the corrupt media mob the corrupt democratic party and hopefully we then can write the ship 
because there's too much going on now that is so dramatically bad. If we don't do it quickly, I, I then begin to worry that we're never going to be able to undo the mess they're creating. Well, you know, I hope you're not right about some of those things, Sean, but I, I, I believe in my own heart that someone's going to turn a fan on at the next election and something's going to hit it, and it's not going to be good for Democrats because of their arrogance and the way they're treating people and the way they're, they want to tax us to death and the way Kamala Harris has a feeling that now is the time to change the direction on how we live and how we work and how we do everything. And you know what? It's not up to Kamala Harris and the Democrats to decide what to do. We the people. We the people better take charge. We the people have to take charge. First step, election integrity. Voter ID, signature verification, chain of custody controls, partisan observers get to observe, and we have clean voter rolls. Why would that even be considered remotely controversial? Good call, George. All right, back to our busy phones. Steve in Maryland. What's up, Steve? Sean, a pleasure to talk to you. Long-time listener. Thank you, my friend. Glad you're with us. Uh, yeah, calling from the People's Republic of uh, Maryland here. We have a, uh, a governor, Larry Hogan, which we call Lockdown Larry. Um, yeah, you're losing, we're losing your line here, Steve. Let me move on to, uh, let's say hi to Donna is in Oklahoma. What's up, Donna? How are you? I'm good. How are you? The home of Toby Keith and Garth Brooks, beautiful Oklahoma. What's going on? Yeah. Well, I have a question for you. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm a small business owner so it, of a travel agency, no less, so it's been kind of a rough year. Oh, uh, by the way, I'm um, so, yeah, it had to be a rough year. I'm sorry about that. I thought travel agencies were kind of becoming somewhat antiquated anyway, right? Because well, don't people, like, go do. online they and buy, your, like, Priceline and all that stuff? Which, those are just big travel agencies, you know? That's but, true. That's that's a I good mean, point. But people but, like concierge travel agencies, do you run, like, a concierge service? Basically, I do a lot of humanitarian travel for groups. Oh, um, that's awesome. Very, like, people building very, homes and stuff? And medical, and it's very specialized. Um, and so it's, it's a niche that, you know, that I've had for like 30 years and um, continues. But it's also one of those industries that's going to be hit for a good another, it's going to be at least another eight or 10 months before it comes back because, well, one, because you have to have a COVID test to get back in the country. And personally think that if you're vaccinated, you ought to be able to get back in. That would speed our business recovery up yeah listen i know i know we've got the world is behind us remember we are the people that discovered and and put together and manufactured these these vaccines and now we're sharing it with the rest of the world i think i read last week that some 20 or 30 million doses we were sending abroad which by the way is quintessentially american we're not hiding it we're sharing as quickly as we can those people that that want the vaccine uh, to help out other countries. I don't even think we're charging it for, for it. And maybe we are, but I'm sure it's a nominal fee. We're not going to be price gouging. I wouldn't imagine. I hope not. That wouldn't be the right thing to do. And, um, you know, we are fundamentally a, a, a good people, a generous people. And, you know, but for the United States of America, you know, we have, we have advanced the human condition more than any other country in the history of mankind. We're not perfect. But we've done a lot of good, too. 
We do a lot of good. So yeah. my question is, you know, the the uh, unemployment actually we could we couldn't get PVP. So the unemployment actually um, helped us help me because otherwise we probably wouldn't have made it through this. But and I'm I totally support like the ending of the supplemental unemployment, even though that directly impacts me. But I mean, there are help wanted signs anywhere. I mean, I continue. They're to work everywhere. 50, Every single person I know. Yeah, I mean, but so I still have to. I'm, I'm keeping my business up. It's gonna. It is gonna come back. I mean, it is got signs of coming back. It's just taking a while because of the restrictions. But well, I have to run. But let me just say this: I want. I'm look. I want life back to normal. I was with a pretty good group of people. When was it? Last week. And, and nobody had a mask on. And I said, isn't it for once nice to have life back to normal a little bit? And that would include travel. That would include your business. That would include people getting back to work. It's good for the soul to work. It's not good to stay home because you're making more money from the government. And that's only hurting the economy. That's hurting growth. Uh, it's hurting businesses. Everybody needs to You need a purpose in life. I don't care what the purpose is. It makes you a better person. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Quick break, right back. All right, News Roundup Information Overload Hour. 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. You know, we now have had two record months. We're on track now to have a record year. Foxnews.com says they've identified another migrant caravan on its way to the southern border. Why? Because we have open borders and a promise of amnesty. And everybody that gets to the border is getting in. And they're not even getting catched and released. They're just getting caught and then put on a bus to uh, or or getting transported to one of the 48 states. We had Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee on. And a lot of states are saying, no, don't do this. Uh, We don't want we don't have the financing to take care of people that need food, shelter, health care, education, et cetera. We don't have the financing for any of this. Now, it's been however many days, uh, 60 some odd days, I guess, now that Kamala Harris is supposed to be in charge of this, the, the, the border issue. She's busy doing the rest of pretty much all of of Joe Biden's jobs, talking to foreign leaders, etc. Kamala Harris took charge of diplomatic outreach with Mexico in the Northern Triangle in, in March. Uh, when you go back to 2018, uh, well, she hasn't even visited uh, the border at all since taking on this role. And she's come under fierce criticism from Republicans that uh, why don't you take the time to go down and, and, and look at the cages that you and Joe are, are building with our money? And what are you going to do in the middle of a pandemic, putting kids on top of each other that way? And then the media, of course, media protection program, you know, that that remains in full effect if it was. Donald Trump building the new cages for kids. Trust me, we hear about it every second, every hour of every day. She was appointed, what, in early March by Biden. Supposed to lead diplomatic talks with uh, Mexican and Northern Triangle leaders in order to solve the surge in migration. It's not hard. Just put back in place the stay in Mexico policy. Start building the wall again and eliminate catch and release and make no more promises of amnesty. In other words, rewarding those people that don't respect our laws, our borders, and our sovereignty. It's not that hard. 
Anyway, uh, our friend, who is the Attorney General, Mark Barnovich, out in Arizona, uh, he's been all over this, and he says the Biden immigration policy is going to tear this country apart. Here's what he said. What the Biden administration is doing is, I believe, long-term-wise, is undermining immigration. When the Biden administration is talking about sending $310 million to Central American countries to prop them up, that's our tax dollars. Um, when they talk about house, paying $87 million to, for contracts to house people that don't have legal status here, think about that. Next time, you got to write your check for your mortgage. And so this this actually is creating, yeah. I think, a great division in our country. Not sure what the Biden administration is doing, but long-term-wise, I think it's going to tear this country apart. All right. Joining us now is Attorney General Mark Burnovich of Arizona. Uh, okay. You now have stepped out and said she needs to be removed from this role. Tell us where you stand. Well, very clearly, Sean, she has failed to do her job. She seems to be more interested in sending hundreds of millions of dollars to Central American countries than trying to protect our American communities. In any other place, I guess this is what they do in Washington, D.C., if you fail, you get fired. Instead, she keeps getting more and more responsibility, and this crisis continues to grow. And, you know, we just have, we just started depositions. As you know, we've got three lawsuits against the Biden administration, one saying that they illegally stopped construction of the wall, two, they illegally rescinded the Remain in Mexico policy, that they've illegally stopped the deportation of the 1.2 million people in this country that have deportation orders. And now, as a result of our lawsuit, we're the first state, we're getting this discovery. We just deposed last week the acting director of Phoenix ICE. And literally, Sean, what he said is that people with criminal warrants and large, large arrest removals, these detainers are important to public safety. And because ICE is not doing that, because the Biden administration's you know, political agenda, this likely will result in harm to the public. And don't just believe him. Look at since the interim guidance was adopted, the number of detainers issued nationally has fallen from 10,000 a month throughout 2020 to 5,000 in February to less than 2,500 in March and April. And what every one of your listeners should know is what that means is the Biden administration is systematically not enforcing the law. They are letting people that break the law suffer no consequences. You know, as you just played in that clip, they're, they've provided now financial incentives for people to come over here. And every single person, every single person, regardless of where you come from, needs to understand, even here in Arizona, people with ICE detainers are being released from prison, Sean. They have convictions for arson, assault, sexual crimes, and ICE is not picking them up because of the Joe Biden administration. People are going to get hurt. People are going to get die. And um, the cartels are making all this money. And all these countries, like China and everything else, are laughing at us because we are becoming a joke because we can't even control our own borders. Well, I mean, it seems pretty basic, fundamental, and, and simple here. The point is, you know, we're now on track to bring in, what, 2 million people to this yeah. country illegally this year, all of which will need food, uh, shelter, uh, health care. Uh, they're going to need educational services, including, you know, uh, learning English, which is uh, specifically expensive and challenging if English is not your first language. And, you know... And again, people that didn't respect our laws, didn't respect our borders or our sovereignty. Now, I happen to believe in legal immigration and people that come in to, through, and follow the process, they, they should be rewarded. Now, I also think we ought to have standards. I believe in merit-based immigration. I also believe that in light of the pandemic, we ought to have some health checks for people coming into this country. Number one. Number two, 
Uh, I think it's fair that we do background checks to make sure people don't have radical associations. And third, and lastly, that if you if, if we're going to give one of these highly coveted slots to somebody and welcome them into our country, which, by the way, we're happy to do, we're a nation of immigrants, but we've got to be smart about it. We can't afford to take care of everybody. People have to be able to provide for themselves when they when they get here and prove to us that they they will be able to do some. Then I don't really care where you come from. Welcome to America. And if you're on a visa, welcome for the time that you're here. If you want to apply for permanent residency, follow the law, follow the process. If Democrats don't like it, they have the option of changing the law, not ignoring the law and forcing other states to aid and abet in their law breaking. Imagine if I broke the law. Uh, I don't think it would work out well. I don't know if you know this. One day I was covering the border down in Arizona. And I stepped into Mexican territory. I literally like, took one step over. There's a state representative down there that wanted me arrested for entering, re-entering the country illegally. That's how, you know, very different standard than they're applying today. Well, the, the problem, Sean, and you know this better than anyone, after all the unnecessary attacks that you've had to sustain, is that the left, they cannot see the forest through the trees. And a big part of this is because this all goes back to the kind of hardcore left, neo-Marxist, progressive agenda that really doesn't like the United States doesn't like our free enterprise system and wants to essentially undermine it from within. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are good, hardworking Democrats that don't realize that they've become useful idiots for the AOCs and the hard left of the Democratic Party. And I will tell you, you know this, and I think I've mentioned this on your show before, Sean. Look, I'm a first-generation American. And just to your point, look, I didn't even grow up seeing English as my first language. I spoke Serbo-Croatian, I'm Slavic, and you know, when I went to school, it was like basically my parents like you got thrown into the classroom and you had to figure it out you had to learn and and because my parents wanted me to assimilate now of course i still you know go to the same church that has a lot of immigrants i still speak the language but i i appreciated that people leave these countries they leave oppressive countries and they come here because they want to be america because this country is founded on the idea it's founded on the ethos that it doesn't matter who your parents were how you spell your name that you have an opportunity in america and what the radical left is doing is they are trying to undermine that American dream. In the name of equality, what they're doing is they're basically lowering everyone's ability to get ahead. And if you play by the rules, this country was all about you play by the rules, you work hard, no matter what you do, you can get something for yourself. You can make something to yourself. You can make something for your family. And what breaks my heart is I think the AOCs, the Schumers of the world, they're completely undermining the American dream. The reason why so many people want to come here. Bottom line on this is you just alluded to 2 million people will illegally cross our southern border, at least this year alone. That is like the entire population of Wyoming, Alaska, and Vermont combined. Now think about that, you know, or, or just the entire state of Nebraska. So we're talking talking about a huge, massive influx. When you talk about the cartels and all their money they're making, and make no mistake, they are loving this because they make money off every single person that's being exploited going across that border. They're making money off all the junk, that trash, the heroin, and the fentanyl that's coming across our border where you've seen dramatic spikes in law enforcement um, that's going to end up un undermining and poisoning our neighborhoods. Uh, you know, the cartels are laughing at us, and it just breaks my heart that the Biden administration is creating this chaos. And then, you know, you talked about, we've talked about just the cost. How fair is it to an American taxpayer when you see ICE and DHS spending 
tens of millions of dollars to provide, you know, child care and travel and hotel expenses for people that broke the law. And look, we are a very generous country. We are a nation of immigrants. But the rule of law means something here. We are incentivizing people. If, yes. if, if, if people, the word gets back. Once you get here, they let you in. Once they get here, they'll put you up in a hotel. And we've been looking at the budgets for hotels alone. Uh, you also get access to free health care. Uh, you get free education. Uh, we're incentivizing people not to follow the law. And not only are we incentivizing it, we're facilitating it. We're aiding and abetting with law breaking. All right, as we continue, Attorney General Mark Burnovich is with us. This is what really amazes me. If you don't, if the left doesn't like the laws, they can change them. We have a process for that. That's called the legislative branch. You know, sanctuary cities, sanctuary states, Joe Biden's policies, all the above facilitate aid and abet lawbreaking. Well, I don't think I, as a conservative, get to pick and choose what laws I want to obey and and what laws I, I, I don't want to obey. And why do I believe as a conservative, if I break the law, I'm going to pay the price? Um, you know, it seems like when the government institutionally does this, it's it's mind numbing to me. States like New York, New Jersey, Gavin Newsom does it out in California. Not only is it a sanctuary state, for example, in California, but now you're getting checks when you didn't respect, follow the law and and respect our borders, respect our sovereignty. We're rewarding illegal activity. And and then, you, you know, ultimately you say, OK, well, not only that, then we're going to give you citizenship. Well, what about the people that tried to do it the right way and follow the law and respect our sovereignty and borders? Uh, they're not getting in. So if they see everybody else is getting in, and they're probably going to throw their hands up and say, I guess that's the way we really should do it. Without a doubt, when you don't enforce the law, you will get more of an activity. And that's essentially what the Biden administration has done, is they have decriminalized and they've empowered the cartels. So we know that. We also know, Sean, as you just alluded to, we pay our taxes. And then when people see the Biden administration overtly trying to give benefits to people who just recently illegally crossed the border, I think it offends people, whether they're Democrats or Republicans. And you know, one of the lawsuits we have right now, we've petitioned for the cert, the U.S. Supreme Court. There was a, there's been a public charge rule that's been in our statutes for 100 years that basically says, if you want to come to the United States, if you want to get a green card, if you want citizenship, you have to be able to support yourself. The Trump administration interpreted that basically to say that if you are in government benefits more than 12 months out of 36, that you're ineligible. What the Biden administration did is rescind that, and not only that, they dropped the case while it was pending at the U.S. Supreme Court, which is highly unusual, which once again demonstrates that this is all about politics for them and changing American society. And as a result of that, the Biden administration is essentially saying, look, we're going to give health care, we're going to give child care, we're going to give all sorts of other government benefits, unemployment benefits, to people, literally, that just crossed the border illegally. And look, regardless of what you think about immigration, that is fundamentally unfair to every single person that pays their taxes. And so I just, going back to what you're talking about with Kamala Harris, like, I don't know what the hell the Biden administration is doing, what they're thinking. The only thing I can think of is, is that long-term-wise, they literally are trying to overwhelm our system, overwhelm our country, and get a bunch of people, whether they're recently arrived here or whether they crossed the border illegally, dependent on the federal government and the Democrats for their very existence and livelihood. So this is a radical attempt to fundamentally alter uh, what this country is all about. And if we don't do something, that's why 
I keep filing these lawsuits, we're deposing people, I keep talking about it because this truly is a existential threat to our country. And not because of it's because of the way it's going on. It's because of the way the system is being overwhelmed financially, the way the cartels are being empowered. And it is going to be a problem. Right now, it's a huge problem. It's going to be a disaster, or it is a disaster. It's going to be a terrible tragedy when someone gets hurt or people start getting hurt. But it is going to be a generational, fundamental shift in the relationship between people and the federal government. And that's why we got to do everything we can to stop it now. All right. Appreciate you being with us. We're going to continue to advocate for the laws of the land. And our message to the left is consistent. If you don't like the laws, change them. If you can't change them, then that's too bad. That's why we have elections. You don't get to pick and choose which laws uh, you care to abide by and which ones you don't. Although I guess they do get away with it. it you know, you can commit premeditated fraud on a FISA court, spy on a president, a presidential candidate. Nothing happens to them. 800-941-SHAWN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. We'll get to your calls also in the next half hour. Quick break right back. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls in just a second here. Um, we have some really big Senate races in 2022. Now, obviously, getting back the House of Representatives is going to be huge for the Republicans. If I'm right, Republicans, if if they if, if things keep going the way they're going and the radicalism and the squad of radicals remains in control, it's going to be perhaps a tsunami bigger than even 2010 with the Tea Party. That's what's coming. And Republicans have every opportunity to take back the House. They have every opportunity to take back the Senate. I mean, we've got Senate races. I mean, this this will be the bellwether of all bellwethers if you want to look into your crystal ball for 2024. I mean, Florida uh, is up a Senate seat. Marco Rubio's seat. He's running again. Uh, Georgia. We're watching Herschel Walker. He might be a candidate against Raphael Warnock. Uh, Tim Scott is up in South Carolina. Nobody's determined yet who's going to run in the state of North Carolina. Then you got New Hampshire. A lot of talk of Governor Sununu running. But if he runs, I think he'd win, and I think he'd win that state easily. Ron Johnson is being targeted by the Democrats and, and Hollywood more than any other candidate, Republican candidate running for the Senate in 2022 is being attacked already. Then we got the state of Ohio. We're not sure who's going to emerge from there. We're looking at people. Uh, then you've got Arizona. And this is going to be a huge year. And I'll add to that the state of Pennsylvania. Think about those states and how much they all matter. To me, it's very simple. You, if Republicans want to win, it is the America first, make America great again agenda. And what is that? It's, we believe, liberty, freedom, capitalism, and our Constitution. Lower taxes, eliminating unnecessary, burdensome regulation. We believe in law and order, safety and security, simple, basic fundamentals, choice in schools, free market solutions for health care that protect pre-existing conditions. We want our borders secure and safe. We believe in energy independence. We believe in free and fair trade, constitutionalists on the bench, and we need the biggest kick-ass military on the face of this earth because we want to protect the American people and the cause of liberty and freedom for generations to come. That agenda wins. That's pretty much the agenda I believed in my whole life. 
And if Republicans unite around that agenda, then I think they'd have every chance of winning all of it. And and it could be a broad sweep. We have been following what's going on in in Pennsylvania. I mean, uh, we've interviewed uh, Kathy Barnett says she's running. And I, I we love Kathy Barnett. She's a great, great human being. Kyron Skinner's thinking about it. Now, Sean Parnell, another great guy. We've we've been friends. He's been friends of this program for a long time. Retired Army infantry captain. Now a candidate for the U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. My whole life has been about serving this country. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got to tell you, America is on the brink. This country stands on a very thin line between hope and darkness. Your taxes are rising. Our debt and deficit is skyrocketing. Our border is flooded. Our energy industry is being crushed. Our Second Amendment is under assault. Our First Amendment is too. The Democrats aren't shy about their agenda. And let me tell you this. It is our duty and our responsibility in 2022 to stop them. is about going to where the contact is heaviest, where the fight is the toughest. The fight for the heart and soul of this country is going to happen right here in Pennsylvania. So ladies and gentlemen, I am officially declaring my candidacy for United States Senate here in Pennsylvania. Together, we are going to win in 2022 we are going to win pennsylvania and we are going to save america thank you now you've officially announced you're going to run yeah i'm in the race and sean you hit the nail on the head i mean we've got to rally around the america first agenda and and one of the things that i've learned since being out of the military is you know i fought for freedom surrounded by death and hell um you see, you get a you get a chance to see just how precious freedom is, and that freedom has to be fought for and defended uh, by every generation. Uh, but the fight for freedom uh, in this country right now in 2021 and leading into 2022 is not going to be held on a foreign battlefield. It's going to be held right here. Uh, in, in this great, exceptional country. And really, I think ground zero for that fight is the state of Pennsylvania. We've got an, an open seat here for the first time in a very long time. Republican Senator Pat Toomey is, is retiring. Uh, and we have got a hell of a shot to hold this seat. And in fact, I would say we absolutely have to. If you look at some of the things that the Democrats are doing, like what I tell people is your taxes are rising, our debt and deficit is soaring, our border is flooded, our police are being defunded. Our energy industry is being crushed. The Second Amendment is under assault. The First Amendment isn't far behind. The Democrats are trying to pack the Supreme Court, make Washington, D.C. a state so that they can have a permanent permanent majority in the Senate. Uh, they're talking about nuking the filibuster so they can remove any dissenting voice from the minority. The, the, whole, the whole movement behind the radical left is to fundamentally transform this country, erode our protections in the Constitution that, by the way, are granted to us by God, not government. Uh, it, it's a wholesale war on the American way of life. It, and the, my top-line mission, Sean, is to protect and preserve the American way of life in, in the American well, you put your life on the line for that, too. I mean, you were wounded in action. I mean, I think you were outnumbered uh, 10 to 1. 
and battling an, an enemy pretty much at point-blank range. Uh, this is back in 2006. Uh, you retired, highly decorated captain, two bronze stars, one for valor, Purple Heart. Um, so I think you know what a, what, what a fight looks like. And, yeah, I think Pennsylvania's hard. Let me ask you one question on election integrity, because I know you were active and involved post-November 3rd, but the legislature in the state of Pennsylvania... Um, because you have a state constitution that clearly states very limited and very specific instances in which you can have mail-in balloting. The legislature didn't go through the more difficult process of amending their constitution, and they just passed a law circumventing the constitution. Uh, To me, that was unconstitutional. Uh, Is the state legislature going to fix that? Will your governor, Wolf, will he fix that? I don't think there's any chance that, that Governor Wolf is going to is going to sign on to a piece of legislation that repeals Act 77. Now, I certainly I agree with everything that you said. You're spot on in your assessment. In fact, our case made it all the way to the Supreme Court. Why the Supreme Court didn't take it, I don't know. We had three justices dissent and agree with us, Gorsuch, Alito, uh, and Thomas. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, I believe it's unconstitutional. But Governor Wolf's not going to sign anything uh, to repeal it. Uh, and I would also add that this case, like our case on Act 77, it was one of the only cases on election integrity that was heard on the merit in, in a court, Commonwealth Court in Pennsylvania. When we presented the evidence, we won on the merits. Now, the PA Supreme Court, 5-2 Democrat supermajority in, in the Supreme Court, they didn't take our case. They dismissed on technicalities, te- technicalities or didn't take it at all. But Act 77 is, is clearly unconstitutional. But unfortunately, I think that system is still going to be uh, in place in 2022. But one thing I know that the legislature is moving on uh, is voter ID. So even if Act 77 is still in place, like voter ID is a real simple way to fix all the woes that we experienced. So in Pennsylvania has no That's voter identification no, whatsoever. None. None. And, none. And, and, and I think it was 2.4 million mail-in ballots in 2020. And what was it, 200,000 in, in 2016? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 oh, by the way... And by the way, uh, you're right. The Supreme Court should have taken that case up. They should have. And, but, but, oh, by the way, Sean, 60 days before the election, the governor removed the signature verification requirement. Any semblance of a deadline. Election day became election week. That then became election month, right? Um, they removed any postmark requirement. All at the same time that Zuckerbucks and the CTCL funding came in, to fund remote satellite voting facilities and drop boxes in heavily Democratic areas. Now, I say, like, why don't Republican chairs all across this great state of Pennsylvania apply for the Zuckerbucks? We've got 64 out of 60 counties, 67 counties here in the state of Pennsylvania that are heavily Republican. Let's put drop boxes in every gun show, every car show, every farm show across the state of Pennsylvania. Watch how fast the Democrats don't like drop boxes. I'm telling you, if we, I'm not saying we do... Anything illegal. I'm the not two best anything. legal cases. Well, I think there were three. One was in Georgia by having two signature verification standards and two voting standards. One rigorous if you voted in person uh, and you needed a voter ID and you your signature was verified on the state database. Uh, that was waived in this consent agreement uh, that was made by this, you know, Secretary of State Raffsenberger which was the dumbest consent agreement I've ever seen in my life, and it created a, a very lenient method of people voting by mail. The next big case, and that was the 4-3 decision with the 
chief justice of the Wisconsin Supreme Court in a in a brutal takedown of the four justices that were on the other side. It was a, a 4-3 decision um, saying that uh, we have laws and until you have the courage to enforce them, this is never going to stop happening. And then I thought the best legal arguments were that the state uh, legislature did not have the constitutional authority to bypass your your state constitution. And I think on the merits, you win that case easily. Absolutely. I mean, and truthfully, it was it was it was based on 200 years of Pennsylvania Supreme Court case law going all the way Correct. back to, to the Civil War. And so if you look at the field as it's developing here in the in Pennsylvania, like the number one quality that Republicans want is somebody that is not afraid to stand up to the radical left and fight, not just the radical left, but also stand up to our own party when they're incorrect. I'm the only person that's been able to do that. Uh, and two weeks before I even got in this race, Sean, you had Chuck Schumer in the DSCC running ads against me in Pennsylvania when I wasn't even a candidate. And then when I got in the race, they started sending all these email fundraisers like, oh, Parnell's in the race. We got to start raising money and help our candidates. At the exact same time, Google started censoring my campaign website. So if you plug in my website on Google, like you can even search Sean Parnell, Senate, Pennsylvania, my campaign website will not come up. Now, you put it into Yahoo, Bing, or DuckDuckGo, it's the first thing. But it is important for people to understand that, like, this is, if you think that big tech does not have their finger on the scale of this thing, tilting it in favor of the radical left, you're wrong. Because if you punch in any of the Democrat candidates who are running for Senate in the state of Pennsylvania, their websites pop up first. Now, why is that important? Like, I raised the vast majority of my money in 2020. Now, we broke all sorts of fundraising records here in, in Pennsylvania. We raised it online for 45,000 individual donors. We weren't beholden to uh, any political party. Uh, we weren't beholden to any corporate interest. We raised small dollars. Have you thought about a lawsuit that this is an in-kind campaign contribution by big tech? We are thinking about it. Like, if we can't get this situation resolved, uh, that clearly is the next step. Because if, if people can, like if people are listening to me on your show right now and they say, oh, I kind of like that dude, Parnell, he's a good guy. They punch my name into Google. I like that guy, Parnell, him. but that guy, Hannity, is a total jackass. But go ahead. <laughs> I don't think people that are listening to your show are going to think that. But um, I, look, all I know is that they're going to punch my name into the website, into Google. They're not going to find me and think that maybe I don't have a website. If you think that that doesn't hurt. As a conservative, oh my God, right? no, it's everything. I I totally agree with you, and it's uh, you know I know you have Parnell for Senate. I think is the domain you grab, but I I, I look at this. That is an in kind donation, just like protecting uh, Joe Biden and and Hunter Biden with with the laptop story prior to the election. That was an in kind donation. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, Sean, we appreciate you being with us. I, you you've got some great people in the Republican Party, and it's not Pat Toomey. Uh, frankly, it's time to replace him. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching this primary. You got some amazing uh, amazing opportunities there, and I'm hoping that uh, Republicans will be smart enough to capitalize on it. Yeah, Sean, I can't thank you enough for giving me a little bit uh, of time today on your show and access to your audience. And nope, glad yeah, to I'm do it. I, I mean, we need people like you. I thank you for. Year. I thank you for, you know, uh, getting wounded in action for our freedoms. Thank you. Well, it was an honor to serve. You're worth it, and so is this country. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. we got a busy Hannity, 9 Eastern tonight. You do not want to miss it. Governor Ron DeSantis, Ted Cruz, Rick Santorum, canned by Fake News, CNN, Lindsey Graham, James O'Keefe, Devin Nunes, and more. 9 Eastern, set your DVR, Hannity, Fox News, 
I promise it's news you won't get from big tech or the media mob. Hope you'll join us tonight. We'll see you then. Back here tomorrow. As always, thanks for being with us.